When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Katherine Eicher. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Our music is brought to you by Tanika Charles, courtesy of Record Kicks. Her album Soul Run and The Gumption are available now on all streaming platforms. Joining me this week is a friend of the show. You know them. You love them. It's Chris Myers. How you doing? Hey, everybody. We're on YouTube now. This is amazing. Everyone can see what I look like. This is, yes, that's true. This is, we're on we're on YouTube now. We're with Raptors Republic now. It's a it's a whole thing. I might wear makeup one day. Who knows? Yeah, I might, <laughs> I might wear makeup, too. I, I, like if I if I, I this I realized this was going to be like a YouTube thing like five minutes ago and I didn't have time to put on any makeup. So you know what? And that's all that's all on me. I did not tell Chris that we were officially on YouTube. Oh, it's 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 good. It's good. I don't mind I don't mind putting my face out there on the internet. It's all good. Yeah, I don't either. You know, it's just this is the life. We're and we're at home, you know, we're recording via Zoom or whatever. You know, it's just it's a whole thing. It's I'm a on, whole thing. I'm on break from my work from home job. It's, there you go. Uh, it's 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 this is just life now. This, this is uh, just life. And it has been for a while. I mean, speaking of which, like, I mean, obviously, our first topic this week, as we talk about NBA and then Raptor stuff is just how much COVID has r- ravaged the league. I mean, and, and the world, you know, it's obviously, you know, bigger than basketball. But I was talking a little bit about it on last week's episode being like, yeah, like maybe the league should do a little more blah, blah, blah. And then it just caught on so fast i think we're all feeling it we're all feeling just how fast this new variant is is raging on and uh adam silver uh last night released a statement saying we are not postponing the season we are not planning on canceling games we're just gonna keep going on like this and he said quote unquote that covid is something we have to learn to live with um so chris like what are what are your first thoughts on that I I understand why the league is going forward with this plan, I suppose, or lack thereof. I don't really think they have much of a plan aside from what they had already planned. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's it, it all comes down to money. And it's sad because, you know, there are other sports leagues that are postponing and are making big moves. Like the NHL said, they're not sending players to Beijing because of COVID, mm-hmm. uh, and players are allowed to, you know, they're gonna just continue on with the season as normal, and uh, and not because they're losing money, but like it's like, oh no, like I don't, it's not safe for all of our players to like leave whatever protocols they're in and go to somewhere else and go through the big travel process of having to be somewhere else, and I think that um, the NBA. It's ironic because it was the NBA that was the first sports league to shut down when mm-hmm. COVID happened first in March 2020, and they came up they came up with the bubble and they did all this stuff to keep the players safe, and then now it's it's a big 180 where it's like no we're just gonna live with COVID and push forward, and I'm just like I know like the majority of the players are vaccinated, but I just can't help but think that you know, something might happen when they catch COVID and all of these players, there's literally hundreds of players in protocol right now. And, you know, even though these are young, healthy players, you know, you know, Jason State, Jason Tatum still struggles with long COVID and has to use his proper still. It's not like there's mm-hmm. no risk involved because we don't know how our immune systems can react to basically a new virus that the human race was introduced to two years ago like it's not hasn't got quite to the flu like level or anything like that and the flu can still kill you (laughs) yeah i just i'm i feel 
I just feel how I've always felt, and I just feel like the league just doesn't really value the health and safety of the players above <gasps> their the bottom line. And that's true of most industries, but in this case, you know, it's not the exception, it's the rule. Yeah, I, there's a few things there that that you touched on that I that I want to comment on that I uh, I agree with. I do think in a weird way it is more jarring because we had the bubble, and I'm not saying we should go back to the bubble necessarily because players have talked about you know the mental health toll that the bubble took on on people and that sort of thing. But it's like yeah, like this league was priding its sorry, excuse me, this league was priding itself on all of its you know responsibilities it's moral high ground let's say and then suddenly they're like actually we just can't anymore and I remember like last year Chris maybe I was saying it on an episode that you were on but there were things that happened in the bubble that they could have kept going that they didn't that I found was kind of confusing like it could still say black lives matter on the court yeah you know what I mean like stuff like that that I just felt like was completely gone and that's something that I've been confused about and you're right. It has become all about this bottom line. What's good for business. And I think, you know, they're probably looking at leagues like the NFL that makes more money and they care significantly less. And they're just like, well, what the hell? Like, I think the bubble was created because they thought it would be bad for business to come back any other way. And I only feel that way in hindsight. Like I remember at the time thinking I was just, I was really proud that the bubble existed and everything that they were trying to do while they were there and the messages they were trying to convey and all of that. But now looking back at it, it really does feel like, a oh, they just didn't know how to come back and be profitable without it. Yeah, I think it's sort of endemic to a lot of what happened post, at least in an American context, the stuff that happened mm -hmm. post the November election and with Trump getting voted out ever when ever since trump's been voted out and biden has gone into office all of that messaging all of that progressiveness is suddenly like you know it's just like it's basically back to business as usual for people and it's just it's it was i you know i hate to be a cynic but you know i think industry decided okay trump's out of office now america's back to normal america's gonna be fine again and they just stopped doing it because, you know, people just unfortunately just aren't as invested in their country anymore. People are just burned out. People, you know, either people are completely disenfranchised with the system or people are, you know, under the delusion that everything is okay now that Biden is in office. You know, none of those things are true. <laughs> and I think and I think that this is sort of more of a symptom to like a larger problem like it's like i can harp all i want on the nba not being responsible but it's like again as i said before this is not the exception this is the rule yeah i think the nba or, or sports in general is kind of an interesting lens in which to view these problems because there's such mass scale problems that looking at it through the lens of the nba almost makes it easier to comprehend if that makes sense because it isn't quite as big and you know one thing you're talking about the players like you mentioned uh jason tatum like still needing his puffer one thing i was thinking about is we don't actually know the effects of what happens to people if they contract covid multiple times that's right right like that's another thing that that i mean all athletes are people who are stuck traveling frequently for their profession it's like yeah, like you are likely to get COVID multiple times and we don't know the effects on that either. So, I mean, just on like a human level, it's really weird, but I can't, I can't sit here and completely disagree with Adam Silver in that this is something we have to learn to live with to a point, yep. you to know, point. because like even in other industries, it's like you can't necessarily afford to keep shutting down blah, blah, blah. I'm not claiming to be an expert on this by any stretch, but I mean, yeah, like at a certain point it is like, okay, we do have to move on with as best practices as we can, but it's just super unfortunate. And, you know, we're seeing suddenly like 
I think Toronto is the first city or the first team to say, okay, we're half capacity with our crowds now, but Canada tends to be more um, forward thinking in terms of like preventative measures. So I'm not surprised that Toronto is the first team to say that. Um, I mean, I think we're going to just see a lot of more postponements, a lot more, um, a lot more weird lineups. Like there's a lot of uh, veterans, a lot of G League players getting 10 day contracts. And I think we're just going to see a lot of weird looking um, lineups on teams for maybe the remainder of the season. It's hard to tell, at least for the next few months. And yeah, I think it's going to be really weird. I mean, one thing I will say is that because I'm a diehard fan, you know, and I'm invested, it's like I'm following, I'm paying attention to like what's happening to who, blah, blah, blah. But I do feel like if I was a casual fan, I would be like, I can't be bothered this year. Yeah. And I think, um, I don't even think you have to be a casual fan to feel kind of sure. out and be like, you know, not as invested in the season. Like I, I belong to several group, Raptors group chats and a lot of the people are just like, I don't know if I can, I can't really engage with the season anymore. I can't engage with the NBA in general anymore. It's just, it's hard because everything's changing. You can't really get into a groove or a feel for what the season is going to be like for any team because the lineups keep changing people keep going in and out of protocols and it just kind of it pulls you out of the groove in terms of you know a narrative to follow so to speak there's a lot of chaos and I mean you can embrace the chaos but embracing chaos requires a lot of emotional energy that frankly a lot of people just don't have regardless of how major they are a fan of anything, let alone like a sports team at this point. Yeah. I mean, I think um, just looking at it from a basketball perspective, I think it's going to be really weird for a lot of teams. It's going to be hard to get into a rhythm and stay in one. I mean, even just looking at the Raptors and we'll get more into the Raptors later in the episode, but it's like, they've had a healthy lineup for like, maybe a total of two weeks this whole season, like, or maybe even less. I, it, it's not a lot of games and, and it's not going to be a lot of games. And I think almost every team is going to be like that to a point because you still have basketball injuries and then you have the health and safety protocol stuff. So then it's like between the two, it's going to be so hard for teams to get into a rhythm. I do think it will affect the playoffs. I do think it'll affect playoff rankings and in a way that's more significant than in previous years, just injuries alone. And, um, I do think, you know, who makes it to the end, I think we're going to look back and be like, oh yeah, they were able to be cohesive as a group the most for whatever reason. Like, I think that's going to end up being a huge factor because I think the league is wide open yep. and it's good. And now it's even more wide open and it, it's just like, it, it will be interesting to see how this affects um, the playoff breakdown. And maybe we'll see another, Phoenix versus Bucks type, nobody saw it coming kind of scenario all over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I yeah, it's another season of, um, you know, relative parity and just sort of like I don't know which team is gonna make it to the finals this year, and any team that makes it to the like even to like the second round this year is just it's fortunate like that that they're able and to be able to get that far, let alone all the way to the NBA Finals and not be unscathed. It's a miracle to make it to the NBA Finals under regular circumstances. The amount of work and luck involved in a normal season is unfathomable to me. And to have that on top of a global pandemic is even even more incomprehensible to me, mm -hmm, like the mm -hmm. amount of things that would have to go right for a team to make mm -hmm. it that far. I mean, speaking of finals hopefuls, uh, the desperate Nets, uh, that's what I'm calling them, the desperate yeah. Brooklyn Nets, uh, decided to bring back Kyrie Irving, decided to go 
back on their stance. Um, Kyrie Irving, if obviously is an anti-vaxxer, uh, he's not allowed to play games uh, in the state of New York. Um, and so he hasn't been able to play. There is a way around him playing only road games, but the Nets decided, no, it's either all or nothing. And now they've gone completely back on that. They've brought him in and then he immediately entered the health and safety protocols. And I think that's scarier because he's not vaxxed, right? Yeah. Like, so it's just like, oh my God, like what a disaster. What a joke, frankly. Like I couldn't help but laugh because it's like, oh my God, what a goddamn joke. And I don't know. I guess my question for you is like, do we think the Nets are doing this because Kevin Durant or somebody was just like, hey, I want my buddy back? Or do we think they actually want to trade Kyrie Irving and the only way to do it is if he plays and he there's low or every team is going to be low on numbers anyway? Yeah, um, I, I don't think because they're the top of the East right now. Um, I think like the non-COVID story of the year to me personally in the NBA is Kevin Durant is two years off a major Achilles injury and the fact that he basically... I don't know with who, I don't know, like Patty Mills have, but basically single-handedly has dragged the Nets to the top of the East right yeah. now. Uh, and I think that is incredible. And I have nothing but respect for Kevin Durant in that way. I just, I, I just, I personally find it absolutely incredible that he's been able to do that. And uh, I think that Kevin Durant should be in the MVP conversation in this year, I think that um, if I had the privilege of a vote for MVP, he would be my first pick for the Nets right now. I, I just, I just think what he's doing as a player is absolutely stunning and incredible. Uh, he's probably also really tired, and you know, I think there might be some credence to like, hey, uh, I've been carrying this team on my back. Uh, I could use some help. You know, maybe that's where I thought you were leaning, although I do agree. I, I do think he absolutely should be an MVP candidate this year. Yeah, I thought you were leaning like, oh, yeah, he's putting in so many minutes. He does need someone that can share the load a little bit here. And look, I'm not going to say that the Nets don't need Kyrie Irving. It's just weird to me that like, oh, COVID's worse now. <laughs> Yeah. let's bring in a greater health risk yeah. it's, it's, it's to not, join the team yeah it's 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 um like you know the vaccine doesn't necessarily prevent you from getting covid no vaccine prevents you from getting any disease the the mm -hmm. effectiveness of any vaccine is to mitigate the disease's effect on you and to stop it from spreading as much as possible so once it gets to your body it it's drastically weakens and becomes you know like something you wouldn't feel like something you wouldn't have any um you know symptoms of or anything like that and that's true of like all viruses and a lot of diseases as well you can have cancer and be completely almost entirely asymptomatic that's what happened to me personally right mm -hmm. um and um and and same with and using an NBA example, that was that's what happened to Karis Levert. They, he he got mm -hmm. traded to Indiana. They did a big body scan on him to make sure he wasn't injured, and they found early stages of kidney cancer, and he was out for several weeks because he had to get surgery and have that stuff removed, and now he's back. Viruses kind of work the same way. Uh, you, they can get into your body, and you don't know they're there. You don't feel them because you're vaccinated. Like, you could have polio right now and not know it because you're vaccinated with polio. <laughs> <laughs> um that being said you know it's not no so much like if you look at it from like a health and safety thing you know the players on the team are vaccinated so they're at a lower risk from suffering you know ill effects from the vaccine Kyrie's is actually the person who's most at risk because he could still get the virus from his teammates even though the virus can transmit from someone who's vaccinated to someone else it doesn't necessarily mean the uh, impact of the virus can't be more harmful on someone else, especially if they're unvaccinated. And so, like, the big, the most risk, aside from, like, the team, like, potentially losing Kyrie right away to health and safety protocols, which is what happened, you know, the person who has the most to lose is Kyrie. <laughs> yeah. 
and also i think it would mean that he would probably be out for longer yeah, too because be it's going to take longer before he can have two negative tests yeah which is what the nba requires that you have two negative tests in a row before you can come back and then he's only playing road games and he's he's reportedly skinny or skinnier than he was before reportedly allegedly i'm not like you know entirely sure on that but i do think it might take a bit for him to get into game shape and then again like if he's only playing road games you know it's gonna be harder for him to get into a rhythm now Kyrie is a great player so maybe he'll just find his groove right away best case scenario for the nets but i don't know like it's it, it's not easy to do uh, as we see to James Harden. It gets harder and harder as you get older. I mean, we can say that in a lot of players, but I'm being a little shady here. Like, you know, we can see in James Harden, it gets in James Harden, it gets harder and harder to just play your way into game shape again. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, the nets are going to be interesting to watch for a lot of reasons. I mean, I think for me, when I see just historically speaking, when I see teams have this level of inconsistency in their season with their rosters and stuff, it's harder for them to be a true championship contender. Like I just, I have to say currently we're recording this Wednesday, December 22nd. I am not a believer in the Nets to go all the way, even though they're just looking at their roster, you would think otherwise. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that even if Kyrie were to come back and play those road games and be totally fine, he's not going to be himself. Like it's basically like this would, you know, the first 10 or 15 games are basically going to be his training camp because I mean, he doesn't have access to the facilities, if I'm not mistaken, or at least not full mm-hmm, access. Mm-hmm. He's not building chemistry with the team. He's not building a rapport with the team because there's there's new players on that lineup and they have different roles now. It's a different team, even from last season, even though you have Harden, you have the big three on the roster still, but Harden's still out with injuries. And um, mm-hmm. it's just, there. I it's not going to be his best basketball it's probably going to be some of the worst basketball you've seen from Kyrie Irving because yeah he's getting older he's pushing 30 if he's not 30 already and it's just it's not the same going back it's crazy how much that team needs Patty Mills yeah Patty I love Patty Mills yeah I do too but Patty Mills was like an extra you know like like how they got Blake Griffin you know what I mean and now Patty Mills is like in a lot of games, they're number two. Yeah, Patty Mills, like, I think because Patty Mills has been on the Spurs for so long uh, and is basically, like, a role player. I'm also a Spurs fan, so I follow that team. And Patty, like, aside from, like, DeMar going into that team in the Kawhi trade, Mm -hmm. you know, Patty's always been a player that I've really, really liked and I think is, like, basically one of the best sixth men in the NBA period right now, like, regardless of team. I think he's an incredible player, and I've always appreciated him. He was really good to me in fantasy last year, too. Like, I drafted him on purpose. I'm like, give me Patty Mills! He's amazing! (laughs) And um, to see him flourishing on the Nets you know, as their number two right now is, like, good for Patty. I'm really happy for Patty Mills. (laughs) He deserves it. He deserves his flowers. It's not, and, you know, going back to, like, you know, Kyle Lowry going to the Heat, wow, suddenly they moved to a big franchise and, you know, they're finally getting their flowers from the NBA at large. I mean, as biased Raptors fans, it kind of pains me that Lowry did have to leave Toronto to get that kind of praise from American media. Yeah. Although I'm happy that he finally has it at least, but it's like it shouldn't have taken that. And you know, that is the frustrating crux of being a, a Toronto Raptors fan, always, always, always. Um, Chris, I want to ask you, with everything that we've been talking about, who is your sneaky team to make it? Uh, either deep into the playoffs or all the way to the final, somebody that you might not have thought would be there uh, two months ago when the season started. Uh, you know what? I think this might be the Jazz's season, finally. Finally. Really? Yeah, finally. Because um, they've been resilient. They've been extremely resilient. Uh, they haven't been beset with injuries yet this year. COVID hasn't got to them yet, thank God. You know, And Rudy, mm-hmm. Rudy, Rudy Gobert has been really consistent. 
Mitchell's been there. The role players like Connolly and Bogdanovich have all been pretty consistent. Even in- someone like Ingles has been, you know, contributing to the team. Uh, they're well coached. They have good chemistry, cohesion, and stuff. I think the Jazz might finally break through this year. Um, I love that pick. I mean, I was a big Jazz believer last season, so now I'm just like that team you know know. what I mean like I've been so annoyed with them because I I was rooting for them so hard um last year but I do think again as biased Raptors fans we realize that sometimes you do need to go through a bit of adversity uh to learn how to get better and so maybe that was their adversity year I mean same with the Bucks like the Bucks had to deal with some playoff adversity before they made it to the top so maybe that's what that was for the Jazz and you're right like they they're one of the few teams that haven't been hit either with COVID or any other major injuries so you know fingers crossed for them they can keep it together but yeah that kind of goes to my point earlier about like I think the team that's going to make it is going to be the team that could have been the healthiest and most consistent throughout the year. Um, I think for me, something that I definitely would not have said at the beginning of the season, but now is looking more and more plausible is a Chicago Bulls Miami Heat Eastern Conference final. Yeah, the Bulls would have been my second choice for at least my Eastern Conference like, choice to show up in the finals, the, the, uh, the finals this year. I will be the first to admit that I was not a believer in the Chicago Bulls. As much as I love DeRozan, I was very concerned about the lack of defense, on at least on paper, um, with that entire roster. It just looked confusing. It didn't make sense. It looked borderline desperate, dare I say, of Chicago, but good for them for taking a risk and and so far at least pulling it through. Like maybe they'll end up with some coaching or GM of the year type awards because they they have at least so far really, really pulled something off. And then with the Heat, I knew Lowry was going to make that team better, but I still thought they were going to be like a fringe contender at best. And they are a real, real contender and they are really built for the playoffs. They've got a lot of depth, which I deeply underrated. And I just, and as biased Raptors fans, it would be kind of fun to see those two against each other uh, in a playoff series. My literal, I mean, it's laughable now, but my fear was a Chicago Bulls Raptors uh, play in game. <laughs> Yeah, that was my that was worry. my October fear and now and then by November it was like oh yeah no that's not gonna be nope, that's not gonna be the case at year. all <laughs> it's so nice to see the bulls especially ever having to go for years and years and years of gar packs and just mediocrity it's so nice to see the bulls thriving again and I'm sure Chicago fans are ecstatic also one of the best fan bases I think on NBA Twitter I like I like Bulls fans I have yet to meet like an irrational Bulls fan so yeah Bulls fans amazing Um, I'm very happy for them I think Billy Donovan is uh, a a good pick for uh, coach of the year this year I think if I were a betting man I would probably pick him for coach of the year, him or Monty Williams with the Suns, because Monty Williams Mm. is amazing. Uh, And I have to agree with you about the Heat as well. Um, Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler have been out with injuries, and they're still at the top of the East right now, or very near the top, and thriving. And that's a lot to do with Kyle Lowry, but also you can't really... You definitely can't sleep on the contributions from Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson as well. Like that team has gelled really, really well together. And, you know, they got smacked on the, they got smacked on the wrist for tampering, but Hey, mm-hmm. you know, tampering works Worth sometimes. It. Worth <laughs> it. Absolutely. A second round pick for a chip. Sure. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, with that being said, it is now time for our Raptors Homer moment. Finally. And it has been a rough week for the Raptors. We had OG and an OB back oh so briefly. Uh, It was announced this morning that he is also in health and safety protocols. As of this recording, there's a total of eight players uh, from the Raptors in health and safety protocols. There's not enough players to compete. And our game against the Chicago Bulls is once again postponed. Um, You know, I think... 
uh, in a lot of obvious ways, this is bad uh, for the Raptors. I think it's just impossible to get into a rhythm like we talked about before. They've hardly had any games this year where they've had an entirely uh, healthy roster. Um, I mean, is there something different you would like to see this team do in terms of lineups, in terms of like um, trying new things? Like, I feel like Nick Nurse at the beginning of his head coaching career in the NBA was really known for making adjustments. And now he seems a little stuck in his ways, I think. Um, I want to know how you feel about that and if you think they should be switching things up in any way. Oh, God. The the problem is, is that it's not even a matter of like making the decision to change things up. You know, the roster changes every week. It's like we're already forced to change the roster from, you know, from a week to week basis. It's like the starting five. I'd like to find a statistic on how many different starting lineups this team has had so far this season. And I bet it, I bet you it's a lot. And, uh, I, 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 I honestly, like, it's hard to really give any sort of uh, prescription to a doctor nurse as to what he <laughs> should do with the roster this year, right? Um, right? Right? I mean, especially uh, now, like, I think before all the COVID stuff, I think a lot of people have been yelling different lineups at, at Nick, and now it's just like, well, whoever's healthy is just going to play, I guess. Yeah, that's it's 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 like the D League for him again, and it took him, if I can recall, it took a few seasons for him to win his first D League championship in Iowa. So you know, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. having to deal with like uh, call ups and roster changes constantly, you know, that in and of itself is going to take time to get used to again. You know, in terms of roster consistency, you know, the NBA is actually pretty consistent because a lot of money goes into these players and. When you're spending, you know, millions and millions of dollars on a roster, you know, you, you, you know, you want to be guaranteed a certain level of security and consistency in the roster you have. And when you're a coach, you kind of get into a rhythm in terms of like, you know, who you're putting out on the floor at any given night. Right. And and and, you know, I don't think that's necessarily an indictment on Nick Nurse as a coach or any coach rather to like, you know fall into the rhythms of being an NBA head coach. It's like literally like no other coaching job in sports. Just like being, you know, uh, an ML- MLB manager is like no other coaching job in sports. I so. mean, I hope I hope Nick Nurse and his BFF, Nate Bjorkren, are just in a basement ordering pizzas like the good old days, drawing yeah. up plays like it's a beautiful mind. Uh, with all kinds of new players and new interesting things. And I, I, I would love to see things that are interesting again from him, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, I think that could be in a weird way, a bit of a, a, a positive, I guess, in all of this is that we could see some really interesting lineups, some interesting plays drawn up. I would like to see, um, yeah, just kind of like mixing it up because I, I've i said uh, on other episodes of this podcast, I have very much embraced that this is a rebuilding year for the Raptors. Yes. I mean, Masai said it himself. I, I'm not sitting here with playoff expectations for this team. I don't even know if I'm sitting here with playoff hopes for the team. I feel like that's controversial to say. A lot of people, of course, we want to win. We want to be great. We want to do really well. But the way I look at the Eastern Conference right now, you know, we talked about the Heat. Obviously, the Bucks are still in the conversation when they're healthy. The Nets, all these teams, they have such a small window. Yep. You know, these teams have like maybe a two-year window. And I think, you know what? Like, we've got Scotty. He's turned out absolutely amazing. I do not believe in tanking, but I think we could end up in the bottom of the East anyways, by trying. That's something that no one considers is that you can try and still be at the bottom of your conference. Yeah. You can try to be good, but still suck. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I'd rather like try and still suck and then not like, than like purposely tank. Absolutely. Because you want to root for a team that has hope. 
in it. I hate the notion that a team that sucks is just tanking. Like it's it, that's that's not what a tank is. It's losing. Yes, on absolutely. And like the people, Detroit Pistons just suck. They are not yeah, tanking. They just suck. That's that's what it is. That's why they had they got the number one pick last year because they suck. Yeah, teams suck. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm all for just not being good for like one more year, which is this year, you know, and then getting another pick. Hopefully, hopefully we actually get to pick a center. That would be ideal. Like, I don't really follow college basketball or the NCAA because I follow NBA and WNBA. But yes, if there's a center out there, please, I want you. And maybe we could have a really nice young core that we can build around that, you know, ideally Fred Van Vliet and Siakam could fit in with very well. And obviously OGN and OB, like that would be so sick. I actually think that is the most ideal thing to happen for this team um, this year. So I don't know. I I hope Raptors fans aren't completely uh, upset with me uh, for that, but you know, it's just, that's just how I feel about this season. Yep. It's, it's, uh, it, I think it's hard to accept that, you know, you know, your, your team can go from winning a championship to, you know, mediocrity in like a matter of a couple of seasons, but that happens all the time in the NBA. <laughs> all the time to, happens in most franchises. It's just, you know, there's once you hit the top, the only way you have to go is down. Yeah. And it and, doesn't mean we don't have a, a winning culture either. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like we still have a good culture and that's why I'm not upset about the rebuilding process. And that's why I still believe in it. And you see it with other teams too. Like certain teams it's like like the spurs for example like the spurs haven't been the most relevant team in the last few years but they're not an unhealthy franchise and it's like you know you believe like sure like five years from now the spurs could easily be in the conversation again yep you know it's just because they're that team you believe in that team um i do i believe like that that organized again spurs fan that that organization has been in good hands since they drafted tim duncan and, you know, they're not relevant right now, but, you know, five championships in 20 years, that's nothing to shake a stick at, so to speak. Like, I, I have nothing but respect for that organization, even though they're not necessarily winning right now. Um, that's fine. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, there's just going to be ebbs and flows. But I do agree with you in terms of, like, hoping that Nate Bjorkren and Nick Nurse are in a basement somewhere coming up with new plays and do things wearing masks eating wearing pizza masks. drawing up plays on a big board yeah, um, <laughs> was it steve kerr who said that in a press conference i wouldn't call it necessarily call it a backhanded compliment but because of all the weird stuff that nick nurse was doing towards the start of his tenure and the fact that they won in his first season and he was doing some interesting things in his coach of the year season you know I think that the league as a whole, even though it wasn't necessarily reported reported in the media at large and people kind of ignore it, you know, obviously the obvious thing to do is, okay, Nick Nurse is like all of a sudden this new it guy, you know, that puts a target on your back. And so, of course, people are going to, you know, work their asses off to try to beat this guy and try to outscheme him, mm-hmm. you know, so... um well, and Steve Kerr would relate because he is also the exact a first-year head happened coach to that Kerr. won a championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think they're the only two. Yep. Or certainly the only two in the modern era. There might have been somebody like oh, like generations ago. Yeah, it's like if anyone who would have the foresight to make that comment, it would be Steve Kerr. Um, and then there was also the conversation of like you know the year where they didn't win the championship when they lost to the raptors and then the last you know couple of years where they just weren't very good because they didn't have Steph and clay you know people were saying is steve kerr you know a good coach like is he a good coach like is he i might have asked that too honestly (laughs) i might have asked that at one point on the show and um and i i think now that the golden state has been doing really well and not even at full strength because clay hasn't come back yet the fact that they're doing so well this season i think you know i think that is a testament to golden state's culture 
Yeah, I'm a little annoyed that Clay Thompson isn't back because they were reporting he was going to come back before Christmas. And now that doesn't look like the case. No, I don't think that's likely. But I mean, I don't want I don't want to rush him back. I'm just excited for him to come back. Um, The other question I want to ask you, Raptors related, is who do you think is the most improved so far this season? Oh, without a doubt, Gary Trent Jr. Yes. (laughs) like that's 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 an easy question it's Gary Trent Jr. without fail like his defense has improved exponentially he's one of the few starting caliber players that we have on the roster that has been consistently there aside from Fred uh and you know yeah I mean the crazy thing is he wasn't even supposed to be a starter yeah and then he just got upgraded to starter status because you know chaos and he's really embraced it and I think that um, a lot of Raptors fans were really hard on him initially, like in the preseason, and people got into a lot of arguments, you know, and that were like borderline toxic in regards to Gary Trent Jr. and why he's so well received in the fan base or not so well received. And I, I'm happy to see that, you know, Gary has sort of risen to the occasion and, like, you know, did a good job with the, the hand that he was dealt as a player, even though I don't think he was expected to start. Uh, especially once, you know, Pascal and OG got back in the lineup and, you know, they were full force healthy. Uh, I'm, I'm really, really pleased to see uh, the improvement that Gary has made as a player. Like, I, 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 like I was kind of indifferent to him originally, but... I, I now I think he's an excellent player. I think it was a great addition to the team as much as I miss Norm. Uh, my second, yeah, I was just be- gonna say, like as much as we all love Norm, I think because Gary Trent Jr. has been able to add um, a good amount of defense to his game, which he didn't have before necessarily. Like the trade was considered a very lateral move, and that it was just you know, financially motivated. We don't have to pay Gary as much, that kind of thing. But yeah. now that he's added defense. And, you know, multiple steals per game. Uh, it's like, yeah, this is, this has become a Gary great trade. I believe Gary was the, the steals leader in the league for a, a period of time. Yes, that's season. right. So good for Gary. Uh, my second pick would probably be Yuta, Yuta Watanabe. I think yeah. he's been really, really consistent off the bench. I love his work ethic. I love his team first mentality. Uh, he's he's a team first player. I, I really, 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 really like Utah. And I'm always happy when I see him on the court. Yeah, like I think, you know, because he's only been back for so many games. Um, we'll need to see more from Utah, but I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more from him. I mean, he's an instant fan favorite too, right? Like he's just one of those guys. He's just kind of very fun, very lovable. Just like, yeah, he just seems like a cool guy even off the court. Yeah, he seems like a really stand up player and like a really good teammate like an excellent he's he's an exemplary sixth man mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um with that um <laughs> we're at the segment that i've always called a hot girl summer nick nurse highlight of the week but chris it's been a weird week it's been a weird covid week nick doesn't have it as far as i know um, the coaches are now doing individual workouts with players instead of group practices. I don't have a hot girl summer highlight for Nick this week because we've just been COVID crazy. Yeah. But with that being said, Chris, do you have a favorite Nick nurse moment? And I know you have several that you would like to share. Oh, is this like our year-end top 10 Nick Nurse hot girl Oh, well, we segment? could. We could spontaneously do that. Although you yeah. don't need 10 moments, maybe, maybe, five, maybe five or three. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I feel like there's a lot to just throw on you right now. That's, that's a, that is a, that was a, that's a hard one. Actually, like that recent video he did when he went to that Memphis record store. Yes. I yes. thought that was pretty, I thought that was pretty insightful. It's like, oh, I've always wanted to interview him about that. Like if I had got a chance to actually interview him like in, in a more meaningful way, like in front of a camera or a YouTube or podcast. Yeah. Maybe I the those... key is to be like, I want to interview you not about basketball. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, I'm there. Yeah. It's just sort of like, oh. I want to talk to you about records because like I'm also a record collector I can because we're like on YouTube like look I can just pull out 
a random <laughs> record um we believe that yeah. you are a record collector nobody's nobody's sitting at home thinking there we go chris there's is a not a record collector so there's a, a sister sledge uh we are family there you go Very there nice. you go just a random record i just pulled off my shelf um uh i'm also a record collector but they're too far away from my desk for me to <laughs> spontaneously yeah, i have pull uh, them you out. can't see it but there's like a there's about like 200 records underneath where i'm sitting right now um but anyway uh he talked about prince records and i'm a prince fan and we t- and he talked about like you know some prince records he owned i'm like oh i have that one too weird <laughs> so yeah, yeah. um that was and it um, was when he was in memphis so it was like a local memphis reporter that got to do that segment with him which makes it extra weird but extra special at the same time because it's like apparently his favorite record store like ever in the world yeah it's or at least his favorite road record store and i think that's that's not a bad choice i think if he frequented nashville a little bit more he would probably have picked something like grimy's uh yeah i'm getting getting inside baseball for record collectors yes you are records. uh and um but uh i thought that was a really good seg- segment it was and i guess that's kind of recency bias for me uh i think the uh, the pinky ring fred van fleet talking about the pinky ring like this he just all of a sudden started mysteriously wearing this pinky ring and we and our theory is that because he finished his doctorate he has the the, the doctor pinky yeah ring. that is our theory yeah and i think that's that's a good one uh and um when he started wearing his glasses again on the court i'm like oh man i miss those glasses <laughs> that those are great um otherwise i don't really i haven't really thought about um any you know specific hot girl summer moments you know i mean here's year. the thing it's like when i started this segment or when i started this podcast it was like february 2020 so, which is like a terrible time to start an NBA podcast, but um, there were so many more moments. Like he always had these like really interesting suits that he was wearing, or he was just more like, I mean, so was everybody just kind of more in the media. He had like launched his foundation and they had this big like foundation. night. Like there was always something more fun and interesting in the news about him. And then COVID hits and then it's like, okay, not a lot going on. Then the bubble happens. They all stop wearing suits. They're all wearing these ugly polos now. And then it's been a hard segment to keep up, but I am determined. There were a few weeks there um, after the Raptors didn't make it to the playoffs where I had to turn this into a quote of the week segment. That's not as fun. It's not as fun. I want, I will, I I just, I don't know. Nick's got to do more. He's got to do more. He's been, it hasn't been, it hasn't been, uh, he hasn't been in the press as much, so it hasn't been as easy to feed into the bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? Um, but I that, love it. Yeah. That's, that's, um, that is, uh, that's it really. Um, it's the end of the no, year. No, that is the top three. That I mean, was, we will have another episode next yeah. week, but My yeah. calendar that you made me last year, the Nick Nurse calendar yes. is about to run out. Yes. So R.I.P. Uh, Nick Nurse screaming at refs and happy calendars. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, let's tell the listeners what this is. So I made for Chris, because we're both big Nick Nurse fans, a 2021 Nick Nurse happy and angry at refs calendar. And so what it is, is that every month there's a photo of him smiling and then a photo of him yelling, presumably at a ref. Yep. And it's a very fun, entertaining calendar that I just made. Um, myself online, you know, like there's all those different like companies that you could just put in your photos and make a calendar. Uh, yeah, there's just not enough material to do another one this year. Yeah, there's just, it hasn't been, it hasn't, he uh, hasn't been as generating as much hilarious content as he normally does. Yeah, and but I, I, but um, there, oh, I have another moment when someone who wasn't us actually decided to do math and calculate like how many times he started squatting during games my friend i can't believe uh, that wasn't us specifically you because you're better with numbers yeah but yeah like be like a nerdy joke that i would absolutely do that would not be out of character for me but i'm i'm not even the first person that i knew that did that my friend uh jugad who i went to the bulls game earlier this year uh she was the one who started counting um the squats on the sidelines at the start of the season and started tweeting about them so shout out to god 
awesome. Um, that wasn't me who came up with that joke. That was totally her when I first heard of that. It's like, it never occurred to me to like actually start counting and doing stats on the squad. So like, That's hilarious. That oh man, that that man brings me so much laughter. <laughs> yeah, we'll need we'll need to have a year end uh, stat, which I hope I hope we get. Yeah, um, season ender. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but with that, Chris, uh, thank you so much for being on this show. Uh, for those listening or watching on YouTube, thank you so much. Feel free to give this a like if you haven't yet. Uh, you can subscribe to all the Raptors Republic podcasts through the Rapcast podcast feed. Um, Chris, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, I don't want you to find me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Chris Myers. Two underscores between Chris and Myers. Chris with a K. And Myers with only one E, not two. Um, and that's that's it that's that's where you can find me pretty much unless so you're like in my house unless you're in my i house said find you on the internet so i didn't say find you irl <laughs> please don't find me irl i'm hiding and i have a terrible cold so i don't want to give i don't want to make you sick yeah no one wants to get sick but in the meantime you can find me on the internet at it's me underscore Catherine, spelled c-a-t-h-r-y-n thank you again for tuning in and i uh, will catch you next week Bye. Not that you can tell. But if you ever took the time to wonder how we